it's a maturing market right now. Like the teenage years are over. It's time to start looking for a grown-up. Like right now we have this thing called fork. It's like, oh, we're gonna fork. If you don't like it, it'll fork you, right? We've taken all of our intelligence as humanity and instead of improving the world, getting better health, getting rid of poverty, getting more war, we've programmed our smartest programmers to get people to buy stuff they don't need. Welcome to the Hacker Noon Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Lipinski. In this episode, we're sitting down with Grace Rafmani. She's an author. She's written a book, So You've Got a DAO. A DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. In this episode, we discuss management for the 21st century and what it takes to be a leader. This is an amazing episode. If you've ever been a project manager or an executive or anybody who's ever had to take responsibility within an organization, So stay tuned. This episode has some great tips and advice and life hacks. Hey, Grace, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Feel free to introduce yourself and and let us know what you're working on. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, I'm Grace Rahmani. I I know you didn't attempt to say my last name like many people did. (laughs) And... uh, yeah, I've been in the, the tech field for about 30 years. Right now, I have two companies in the blockchain space. One is I write icowhitepapers.com, and we write ICO white papers and other content for the crypto space. And my others is DAO Leaderships, or DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And we do leadership seminars and training and executive mentoring and coaching for organizations in this blockchain space, which is we're not even sure what to call these organizations, right? Some are companies, are they companies? Is it a foundation? What's it? Anyway, so the thing we're calling it is DAO. And, uh, you know, and I've been mentoring and advising companies for a long time uh, in the in the space. I have a couple of AI companies that I happen to be on the board of right now. So that's sort of the short story. So what is happening in the crypto space? The last time you and I talked, it was a totally different market versus where we're at now. Any insight, anything you're seeing there? Well, it's interesting, right? So like the price of crypto is really different than it was now, right? And you said the market's really different. And that's true and it's not true, right? So it's funny because when I when, when I say I work in the crypto industry, people are like, oh, can you tell me about that? Can you tell me about investing? And I'm like, that's like asking a business person, right? Who says, I have a business, how to invest in the stock market. Those are like two different things, right? Being Being an investor in cryptocurrency and working at a blockchain company, right? That's the difference between being an investor in the stock market, right? And working at a Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're like, oh, you work at a Fortune 500 company? Tell me about the S&P, right? Like, no, (laughs) it doesn't make sense, right? So, So I work in the blockchain industry. And if you're somebody who's working in the blockchain industry, like your company's raised or company organization, whatever it's called, right, has raised money and you're working, developing a product, 
then not a lot has changed except for probably you have less cash right now and less of, you know, so you're looking at, okay, how much, um, you know, how much runtime do I have, right? Yeah, um, how much lead time do I have and what is my burn rate and all that stuff. So you're looking at that a little bit differently than you were when you had almost infinite cash. That's probably a good thing, right? Cause you have to make yeah. decisions, which you didn't have to make decisions before because you had more cash than the Catholic Church. So now you have a little less cash than the Catholic Church. But the um, the actual people working in the industry are enveloping, right? For them, there's a shortage of people, there's a shortage of programmers, there's a shortage of experienced managers, there's a shortage of people who know about blockchain, mm -hmm. who can work in the industry. That's on the one side, right? On the other side, my company, we write white papers. So that's right, we're working with the people who wanna raise money. And there's been a tremendous shift. So if you look at the numbers, it, there has not been a downturn in the amount of people, amount of money being invested in in token offerings, mm -hmm. but it's almost all being invested by handshake now, right? Not on the public markets, not on these public things, but by handshake. It's still in the ICO market. It's still in the cryptocurrency blockchain space. It's still being invested in this way that is, you know, not as regulated or not at all regular, you know, not as regulated as regular securities. And that's really normal and natural. So that's a shift that you're seeing. And the other shift you're seeing and the downturn in the, the, the numbers, right, that we're seeing, there's a lot of market manipulation. And also the other thing that's happening is regulation is starting to come in. And that some of that is self-regulation. A lot of it is government regulation. And we're also starting to see technologies to make it easier to use and easier to have, you know, things like custodianship and things like that that you need. So it's a maturing market right now. Like the teenage years are over, right? <laughs> it's time to start looking for a grown-up. And, and just like, I mean, if you think about, a, right, again, a life cycle of a person, the same way you think about a life cycle of an industry or a company, you know, it really does look like that. Your teenage years are like, yeah, everything's great. And you're like, you're running around, you never run out of energy, you know, all nighters. And, you know. and then when you start to, you get, you kind of get this identity crisis, like, oh, what do I really want to do in life? Who am I really? Mm -hmm. And you slow down and you back off and you've got to put these new things in place. And you go, oh, maybe you've got some student loans or a mortgage or a family all of a sudden starting and you got to start to mature. And it looks like this huge, like, breaks have been put on you. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how it looks. But that's just a normal cycle of maturity. So it's not, you know, we can say a lot has shifted. And what I would say is that this industry is maturing faster than expected. Really, it's fa much faster. A good thing. it's a good thing. And it's and it's going to and it's it's going to have impact faster than expected. And that is good. Yeah, of course, it's good. So and you've been working really on the leadership side and kind of the organization side of this. So can you kind of explain to the audience, like what the heck is a decentralized autonomous organization? Don't we all wish we knew? <laughs> so, a decentralized... Well, you wrote a book on it. So. <laughs> yeah, I, wrote a book, I wrote a book about how to, org yeah, right, how to manage these decentralized or distributed autonomous organizations. Mm -hmm. And so, we'll just go word by word, right? Decentralized or distributed means that the organization's not all sitting in one place. It's not managed by one, you know, hierarchical system, right? And, in, and, and so in a traditional organization, what we know, a hierarchical organization, you've got the president, right? Or the CEO and that, and everything comes from the top down, 
that's centralized. There's a center, everybody knows who makes the decision, that's how it works. In fact, if you talk to a lot of organizations that aren't decentralized, like Google, for example, it actually behaves in many ways that are decentralized. And I actually have had a manager in GM talk to me about this. And he said, look, I'm a middle manager in GM. And actually, we only have three directives, right? We're going towards self-driving. We're going towards zero deaths. And I can't remember what the third one was, but it's something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And and so we're going towards this these very specific outcomes. But that's really the instructions from above because you can't, manage anything that big it's actually decentralized or and and distributed means it's all over the world so if you look again at the crypto space there may be fifty thousand of us hmm. that are actually working in it not investors or whatever really working in it and we're all over the world and so you're distributed who knows where your workforce is and this one works with that one and it's distributed and there's these interfaces that you might and and that's natural also right even in a hierarchical organization, we have this thing called matrix, right? And that means that it's not a straight line of command. People have to interact with each other. So that's the first word, right? Decentralized or distributed. Autonomous means every part of it can run by itself, which isn't true of, let's say, GM. But it might be true of Google. It might be that certain units of Google could, if if the central, they didn't get any orders from the central unit, they could still be doing their thing. That's autonomous. It means that- Funding though it, is central. It, so, yeah. it, may, it, right, it may or may not be in different areas, right? You know, you may have independent units, you know, or subsidiaries. And when you think about autonomous, so what do you mean by, you know, how is an example of that work? So alcoholics economics is a, is a classic example. There's some basic guidelines. Anybody can start a branch. That's why there's now, you know, Overeaters Anonymous, and there's, you know, all these different things because it was so it was so autonomous. There's this 12-step program. There's some rules about how that works, and anybody can start one, and it's autonomous. TED Talks is a little bit like that. Although there's a central thing, anybody can take those guidelines and have a TED event. So that's autonomous. And if you stopped one branch of Alcoholics Anonymous, or even all the branches of Alcoholics Anonymous, it wouldn't stop Overeaters Anonymous from continuing. That's autonomous. Like, you can't get rid of it. And it's like, uh, the internet's like that, right? You get rid of one, it doesn't, it doesn't really die. Al-Qaeda is a little bit like that, too. So those are... (laughs) It's it's funny, but right, and then we try to, if you try to battle a decentralized organization with a centralized organization, you will be a failure. And that, and, and we're extremely difficult because you were just saying that the, even the example at Google is they have a directive. So they've got, you know, a, a mission or a goal or something that they're trying to achieve. And that's what, in their case, their higher ups say, okay, go achieve this goal. They don't really care how you get there as long as you figure out a solution to get there. You know, that's management by objectives, and that's been known for a long time, and it's worked, and, mm-hmm. and it works well. And then the question is, how do we take that one step further, right? We have these organizations which almost by definition have an objective, whether it's the Ethereum Foundation or STEAM, right? There's like an objective, but it, that's about it. And every, you know, there's open source development, and there isn't some manager, and it's like we got to keep the value of this ecosystem, and everybody in the ecosystem operates independently. And maybe within the ecosystem, like in steam 
right? In STEAM, it people reward one another within the ecosystem. There isn't some central authority deciding what's good and what's bad there. But then the question is, how do you keep it going, right? How do you make sure that it's economically viable? And how do you keep it from forking off all the time? Like right now, we have this thing called fork. It's like, oh, we're going to fork. If you don't like it, fork, you know, fork you, right? So it's like, <laughs> right? And, and, and that's like, you know, that's like in communities even outside crypto. So like WordPress, for example, is open source and they're releasing a new version and there's talk of a fork and that happens in open source projects all the time outside of crypto. Forking is a thing. You know, it's a function of the community making a declaration of we're going to go do it this way instead. Heyo, you got a great tech story you want to get published? Maybe something about bots taking over Twitter or how Bitcoin actually works? Or maybe you just have a story about how to build a great software or a great team? Get your expertise published on Hacker Noon. Email us, stories at hackernoon.com, and a real human will review your submission. Can you go into some of the declarations of leadership and some of the pillars that you talk about in your book? Absolutely. Yeah. Really, it's about having alignment. I'll talk about the declarations of leadership separately, but it's about alignment. What are our values? So you said, okay, where there's an objective and there's also values and there's different levels of objectives and values, right? So values means you said, you know, Google doesn't care what you do to get there. And that appears to be apparent despite the values of do no evil right? That, that's just what's showing up. You know, some people have, you know, the end justifies the means and some don't, but the values are the things that we all agree on. And in these decentralized organizations, transparency is one of the things. Honesty is one of the things you have to have, because if there isn't one person who's got all the data, right, the financial officer, then the data has to really be free, because we got to know whether we're about to run out of cash or not. The data you know, we have to have a very transparent way of working with each other and we have to be truthful. You can't create an API unless both sides know what they're doing, right? So this kind of transparency and this kind of honesty is one of the values that these organizations almost always have to hold. And everybody has personal values too, right? Are we, you know, innovative or are we customer oriented? There's no right and wrong about whether you want to be more innovative or more customer oriented or whether you want to be cutting edge or whether you want to be reliable, right? And there may be a conflict between cutting edge and reliable. And those are personal values and an organization has to state them. But when it comes to alignment, right? How do we get these things aligned? You, we get really clear. Okay, here are the guidelines, right? So Alcoholics Anonymous has very specific guidelines. You know, the internet has very specific protocols. But then there's, like you said, I have very specific objectives for each team, right? So our, our overall value is, let's say, we're, we're creating a decentralized platform for the use of uh, storage, right? And so in one of the cases of one of those organizations, an anonymity is really important. And so in that particular one, and you may or may not know who they are, they won't accept fiat currency or credit cards because it conflicts with their value of anonymity. They will only take cryptocurrencies. Otherwise, it's not a pure crypto for them. It's not, it's not secure enough and it's not secret enough because their value is either we are gonna walk the walk, for example, like in my company, we accept cryptocurrency. That's been very painful. 
but it <laughs> you're like it's like but you know if somebody paid me last week you know on thursday and at night and i didn't get and i got up friday morning i already lost money and <laughs> i gotta explain this to the tax authority but if i made the decision as a value right i'm gonna walk the walk yeah. And for others, like I said, it's an issue of security and anonymity. We can't have an anonymous, fully anonymous private storage system, right? I think it's Sia Coin that says that. With if anybody uses a credit card on our system, then it's you know the right. It's dead. There's no anonymity. So that they've made that decision as part of their values, mm -hmm. and then and then they've got a development team that has to develop right this mesh system and has to develop how do we you know create the backups and how do we make it reliable and how do we get rid of bad players and then they have a whole another system of how do we keep the coin you know the value of the coin and all that stuff is done by a decentralized autonomous organization you know that doesn't necessarily have a boss and then every you know and so how do you keep those goals alive that are specific for each thing and how do you make the decision making around that like what's most important Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we talk about when we talk about alignment, right? So if you're a leader in these organizations, and then we'll get to declare what's a leader, right? You know, your job is to have real clarity. And that clarity is going to be on several levels, like the overall goals, the specific goals, you know, the goals of this department, and then the values, like we are not going to cross this line to do that and you had asked before about declaration of leadership so one of the really interesting things is like who's a leader in an organization in these decentralized autonomous organizations we contend everybody's a leader in the gore company they say a leader is somebody who has followers and that's how you know who a leader is so like if i say hey i'm going to do this project right like i want to develop this little security feature and then you get other people to be on your team you're now a leader and that happened with what what was a declaration i'm going to declare this security feature as my problem and that's what we mean by everybody is a leader because you declare your area of leadership you say i'm going to fix this security bug i'm going to fix this scalability problem and in fact every ico is like that like every single organization in the blockchain uh, every legit organization are saying that we want to solve the problem of real estate tokenization. We want to solve the problem of scalability. We want to solve the problem of interfaces to the banks, right? And so each one of these things is a declaration of leadership. And then within the organization, everybody declares their area of leadership. I'm going to solve this problem. Now that all sounds great, but then you're like, how does it all hold together? And that's where we talk about radical responsibility. Heyo, you got a great tech story you want to get published? Maybe something about bots taking over Twitter or how Bitcoin actually works? Or maybe you just have a story about how to build a great software or a great team? Get your expertise published on Hacker Noon. Email us stories at hackernoon.com and a real human will review your submission. Uh, there's two things that I would say are the foundations of everything. One is radical responsibility and the other is communication skills. And radical responsibility is really saying, let me ask a question if something isn't a little funny about that. Right? So, you know, and and let me look what didn't work, right? So if I did my job and you did your job, and then at the end of the day, we didn't get the result, right? That my piece of code didn't work with your piece of code or both pieces of code worked, but you know the users couldn't use it, 
then it's everyone's responsibility to say, hey, that didn't work. What was missing? And then to pick up the missing pieces. That's one of the hardest things I think with any startup is taking responsibility for it. So in my, one of my startups, you know, we, we had a freemium model and we gave our software away for free and millions of people downloaded it. Um, and all of a sudden we woke up one morning responsible for software that was being used by millions of people. Uh, and that's a, that's a heavy feeling. If there's a bug, if there's a security problem, you're responsible for that. Yeah. And, 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 and like I said, I'm responsible. If that's a declaration of everybody, nothing would theoretically fall between the cracks. That doesn't really work. You do need project management, right? Yeah. And so, so one of the declarations is we don't have a project manager and we need one. I don't really believe I've seen, I've seen models where leaders have told me that, you know, if everybody does this procedure and everybody's totally responsible all the time, that you don't need project management. I don't believe that. Okay. I don't believe project management will ever go away. There will be team leaders and I think it'll be more fluid in the future, right? Who's the leader of a group? Like right now it's like, oh, if you're the leader of the group now, then you can only go up. So right now it's like, if you're a team leader today, you can't be lower than a team leader tomorrow. And that's weird, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it, we think of it as a hierarchical thing, but it may be that the skills needed are changed and it may be fluid. Like for this part of the project, this is the leader. And then when we get to the integration part, that person is the leader and that it's more fluid. And because of the way we thought about hierarchy, it's like, oh, but if you go down, you get less money or less status. We, may, we need to start rethinking our mentality. That's really what the book is about. It's about rethinking your mentality because if we use the same mentality to program the new world, right, and the new artificial intelligence, it's only going to be intelligent up to how our mindset is, right? Because right now we have amazing artificial intelligence. And all of the artificial intelligence that's amazing today, and not all of it, but most of the artificial intelligence, the most impressive artificial intelligence that we have today is, is program to get you to buy stuff you don't need right we've taken all of our intelligence as humanity and instead of improving the world we've programmed to getting better health getting rid of poverty getting more war we've programmed our smartest programmers to get people to buy stuff they don't need yeah <laughs> I mean, that's, that's right. And that's why I say it doesn't matter how smart the artificial intelligence is. If you apply the wrong question to it, you're going to get the same thing at, from decentralization that you got from centralization. We mm -hmm. need to sh shift how we think about this. So if we're like, you know, if they were the best person at the right, right now we have this thing, right? Like of team leader, right? If they, if they're a team leader, they must be a better team leader than somebody else, but it might be that the team's skills change over time. If we look at our intelligence systems today, like if we were going to optimize for that, mm -hmm. we might look at a project. So you said like a project manager, right? Like you might look at a project, like the initial part of the project is we need to think about what our goals are, strategize and create a, a structure for, for, for doing that. And then the next part is we start to try some prototypes out. And then the next part is we choose a prototype. And then the next part is we develop that one thing. And then the third part, the last part is we, you know, the next part is we test it and get feedback 
And then the final part is we release it. Okay, so there's like seven different stages. You would probably notice that the person who's really great at getting a lot of ideas together and creating processes isn't the right person for building the prototype or managing the building of the prototype right? That's a person who's great at communication. They're great at getting ideas out. They're great at whatever, but you know, they're probably going to be a little bit bored with the creating a prototype thing. And so it might be the same team. And that person during the creating a prototype stage is going around from team to team, just helping them work out ideas within these mini groups, right? And they're no longer the project manager because at that stage, you need a different and if you were looking at artificial intelligence at knowing these things, right, like let's say you had some sort of management system that knew that, it would actually transfer people to different positions within the team as the project progressed. Can you go a little bit into communication and, you know, some of the things that are in your book in regards to that? Yeah. So communications really is everything, right? And we live in a world where, we have an individualistic way of looking at our communications. Like I said this and whatever, but actually if we start to look at our, our communication as also what we heard other people say, like listening is a really important part of communication and making sure communication was delivered right. And we have a competitive environment that we live in, right? Like I'm red and you're blue. I vote for those guys. You vote for these guys, right? I think this, you think that, and we've created a society and, you know, our, our company is competing with that company. We've created an underlying assumption of competitiveness. And so all of our communication is coming within a society where, you know, speak for yourself, don't speak for the group. And all of our communication is coming within a competitive paradigm for the world. It's me or you, it's doggy dog, it's them versus us. And within that, there's very, it's very difficult to just accept what other people said. And within that, it's very difficult to create consensus. Now, within the blockchain, you're talking about all these voting and consensus mechanisms and whatever, but if our way of communicating with each other isn't designed for us to look at our common ground and isn't designed for creativity, then you're not going to get very far. You know, because we always talk about like, so if you're talking about like, hey, let's vote on the best idea. Well, that's not a good idea, right? <laughs> Instead of voting on the best idea, let's look at the merits of each idea and the drawbacks of each idea. And then let's take the best of each thing, try to mitigate the drawbacks and come up with a better decision. Now, if we do that, we're going to not have to worry about vote for the best solution. But there's really a big, you see it in many organizations, many situations where people are talking, instead of talking all the way through things, if you create a situation where you very quickly go to, well, let's vote on it, you're not creating the optimal solution, right? The optimal solution isn't let's vote on it. The optimal solution is let's look a little deeper. Well, you're avoiding a conversation by saying let's vote on it. There's context. There's con. Well, it's not just context. There's a willingness to look at things from another perspective. And I think the biggest thing, if we're talking about organizations, right, is the willingness to look at things from the point of view of the organization. 
right? So if I'm an organization and my purpose is to create a privacy for people, right? Like let's say people's identity wallets. And that's my purpose. If you could look at every discussion from the perspective of how are we gonna create the best identity wallet in the world and how are we gonna get it out to people quickly or optimally, instead of what do I think about the situation and what would be good for me and what is, you know, you just start thinking about things, then it's really important for you to listen to everybody else's perspective. If the, if the goal is we're gonna get the optimal solution for this. And I and and then when somebody explains their goal, well, like their concern, you can hear it within the perspective of what would be best for the whole group. I've had you know business partners or people that I've worked with where we will disagree, we will debate something, you know, whatever it is, and then out of that we come to a, a conclusion that's radically different from either of our initial positions. Um, and then we agree on whatever that new conclusion is as the result of that debate or that discussion. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's like I said, often the act of talking through things and everybody's perspective creates consensus. And people are very worried about that. Like, what are we going to do if we don't come to a conclusion? All right, well, let's, we'll vote on it then. But let's really <laughs> make sure everybody's heard. But also it's really hearing people from a particular perspective, like I'm going to commit myself. Like if I were going to try and just give like one, like how, how do you get your organization to communicate better? Just say, we're going to have everybody listen to this conversation from the perspective of what would be best for everyone. Mm -hmm. And ultimately this leads to better decision-making. Yeah. And it leads to a sense of community. And if we really looked at that as humanity, right, like, you know, one of one of the things that I'm really interested in is governance on a global level and how do we have better forms of democracy. If we started looking at everything like what's best for humanity, some things would be really obvious, right? Like, is it best for humanity to have advertising at all? I read recently an article that said there's, you know, advertising is, you know, is, is, a, is a monopolistic activity and it should be eliminated. Right. Is it is advertising a good thing for humanity? Now, people can have different perspectives on that. I'm not saying that I'm right, that it's bad for humanity, but the founders just, of Google might have a different opinion because, I mean, that's where all the revenue comes from. Well, but that's really <laughs> different. Today, Google is an ad company. Right. But I didn't ask if advertising is good for Google. Agreed. I only asked, <laughs> right. I said, is advertising good for humans? And then under what circumstances is advertising good for humans? Because there are circumstances under which advertising is useful for people. Mm -hmm. What are those circumstances? And then, but nobody ever asks these questions at like, what, what's best for humanity, right? Or what's best for the whole organization? And so these are questions that you can ask, like I said, at any scale, right? What's best for all the shareholders of our company is very different than what's best for all the stakeholders in our company. Well, Grace, it's been a pleasure having you on. Do you have any final thoughts? Um, I don't know. We talked about so many things. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's really all about investing in yourself and your own personal growth and knowing where your own, you know, when your own gaps are.
And so I really encourage people to invest in themselves, whether that's reading my book or, you know, going to our workshops or getting mentoring for us or going to anything like, you know, Anthony Robbins or landmark um, programs, the communication programs in particular, uh, touch on a lot of what we, we discovered here today. There's just so much stuff out there. We recommend a number of different things in the book, but really anything that you could do for your own um, improvement of your own personal communication, these are skills like anything else. I think that that would really be my biggest takeaway for tech people. Tech people tend to think that you can learn to program, but if you're having a personal problem, that's a personal problem. That's not true. A personal problem or a communication problem or a leadership problem, there's training for that. Just like there's training to be a better programmer, there's training to be a better leader. There's training to be a better communicator. There's training to be a better husband or wife. So I think that one of the most important things is to take the stigma away from that. It's not something that if you're messed up, it's just training. And if you can, the more we can all fill our gaps in our abilities to communicate and our abilities to lead, um, the, the better we're going to be as an industry. And, you know, this is the Hacker Noon podcast. So do you have a hack or something that you've used in your life or a certain technique or something that, you know, has been able to produce an outcome for you? The biggest hack that I have is, uh, that's relevant to what we talked about is around listening. I mentioned listening. So one of the things that avoids debates, avoids bad feelings in discussions, is having the other person know that you really heard what they said. And usually we have this instinct to answer them really quickly. So the hack is just pause. When somebody says something, always pause before anything comes out of your mouth. And um, it would be better if you really did in that pause, try to really digest what they said, but at least fake digesting what they said, it'll make them feel better and like they will really listen to. If you answer really fast, it will never create the impression that you actually listen to somebody. Pausing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, where, look at that. Immediate implementation. <laughs> where can people find you, Grace? Okay, so they can, obviously, there's the book called So You've Got a DAO, but that's really for the crypto industry. I, I mean, I think it's good for any leader, but um, it's DAOleadership.com, D-A-O leadership.com. If you Google me, you'll find our stuff. If you happen to want content writing or business plans, you can find us at IWriteICOWhitePapers.com. And uh, yeah, I'm around. I'm very easy to find. Nobody spells their name the way I do, so just Google me. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. This concludes another episode of the Hacker Noon Podcast. I'm your host, Trent Lipinski. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on social media. You can also find us at hackernoon.com and podcast.hackernoon.com for more episodes. Thank you for listening.